Welcome to Arizona Name Stories, the multimedia, multi-platform storytelling project that aims to capture the stories of the people and places of Arizona, past and present. I'm Angelie Siona. With rich, vivid colors, saturating, breathtaking views every which way you look, Sedona is a city that beckons you to think about it. Home of outdoor enthusiasts and artists of all types, the popular vacation destination is home to about 10,000 people. Sedona was founded officially in 1902 when T.C. Schnebly started a post office named after his wife, Sedona Arabella Miller Schnebly. I sat down with Sedona's great-granddaughter, Lisa Schnebly Heidinger, who recently wrote The Journal of Sedona Schnebly, a historical fiction meets memoir book. My name is Lisa Schnebly Heidinger. I'm a historian, journalist, photographer. I am a storyteller. Sedona Arabella Miller Schnebly was born in uh, Gorin, Missouri, a little tiny town, uh, not that far from St. Louis, in 1877. Sedona, her mother just liked the sound of it. Her mother just made it up. And Amanda Miller was quoted as saying, there's a first time for any new name or word. And she was one of 12 children. And Amanda Miller was not a terribly fanciful person by most accounts. Noah, Edna, um, Edward, Minnie, um, uh, Lily was Lily Veronica, somewhat better. There was a Lola, a couple of Johns. So Sedona was her only real flight of fancy. And all the children um, not only had chores, but they slept in camp beds. They were not indulged. And yet they had elocution lessons. She went to the Goran Academy, where our young women become gentlewomen, and spoke four languages, got her teaching certificate. Her life changed forever when she met Theodore Carlton Schnebley. T.C. Schnebley. Uh, he was nine, eight to nine years older. But trouble raised its head pretty quickly. Sedona and her family, and by all accounts, the entire town of Gorin, was Methodist. The Schnebley boys were Presbyterian. And when she became engaged to T.C., told she would be written out of her parents' will. So she married him on her 20th birthday. And not too long after, well, somewhat long after that, they had their first boy my grandfather, um, named for the brother Dorsey Ellsworth, or D.E. Schnebly, because that's how they did things. And Dorsey Ellsworth was out in Arizona teaching. He rambled a bit, taught a bit. And so they named the boy Ellsworth Miller Schnebly, but called him Tad because you have Ellsworth and Ellsworth and so. Then they had Pearl two years later. In 1901, um, T.C. came out first and Sedona followed with the two kids, and they moved to Oak Creek. 80 acres, um, basically bounded by today, the road into the Schnebley Hill Road corner. So that land, that 80 acres they bought from uh, Frank Owenby is Talakipaki, Los Abrogados, back to Brewer Road, and down as far as 80 acres go. T.C. was smart. He had brought seedlings, which I guess trees have to be six, seven years old to bear fruit. So they were just ready to pop put them in the ground, has orchards, figures out pretty quickly that the four-day trip from Sedona down to Camp Verde and up to Flag could be cut down to a day and a half if you could get a road up this animal track, which is now Schnebley Hill Road. Goes to George Babbitt, Coconino County Supervisor, says, if you'll match my hundreds of dollars, I can pay a road crew and we'll buy the stuff we need and we'll build it. So they did. Then he says, rather than bringing general delivery mail down to people from Indian Gardens and the five other families in this area, Chavez, Armijo, Schuerman, et cetera, 
let's be a post office, wants Schneble Station or Oak Creek Crossing. And I've seen in the Klein Library archives where the Postmaster General wrote, too long, in the margin, sent it back. Brother D.E., who would kind of hang with them on weekends when he wasn't teaching, said famously, why not name it after Dona? And that's how the town got its name, which was in June of 02. She was Sedona, and he was Theodore Carlton, a.k.a. T.C. To one another, they were Carl and Dona. She was so reserved and deplored attention. And T.C. was so proud of both her and the town that she had to cook for four every day for lunch because he would bring somebody home. Uh, he, he wanted everyone to see the town and meet her. I don't know which he was prouder of, but they were right there. Uh, she didn't like attention and was Victorian by nature and also raised in a world where young women were decorous. So I think more than anything, it was a source of some maybe a fear that she would think it made her special or that somebody else thought she thought she was special. She, meantime, Sedona, is taking care of the borders because he built this huge two-story plus full basement home, figuring until we can fill it with kids, let's fill, fill it with visitors, help defray the costs of living. And even though Sedona is famously reserved, quiet, shy, constrained, contained, proper, she is now hosting, cooking, washing, feeding, child rearing, etc. And Sedona was a telegraph operator as well. And so they both, they both go to bed tired every night. It, it makes my head spin to think about how much she did in a day. She, she worked hard. She loved embroidering, and it was always white on white, not colors. Um, she was never still. She would have been crocheting, mending, sewing something, but embroidery was her favorite. Um, of all the gentler arts of handiwork. She was always a pianist, loved music, um, mostly hymns, but also traditional songs. She loved memorization, poetry, el elocution, recitations, um, sometimes programs, either at the school or church where everybody would perform some kind of reading song, etc. Um, she was not attention getting, but she liked the art of memorizing and reciting. Taught Sunday school. Um, loved the Bible, wrote an hour a day after lunch. And I had so hoped it was journaling, and we all now believe it must have just been correspondence. Sedona was a voracious written communicator and record keeper. And one of my most treasured possessions is her date book that has everybody's birthday and her script in it. And I'm sure she sent every birthday card, every condolence letter, every everything. Loved to write. Um, loved art, music, the classics, um, great works, um, didn't attend theater per se, but loved dramatic readings and the arts. Yeah, she, she, she could have, I think, lived a fairly lofty life, particularly had she foregone marriage and moved to somewhere like St. Louis, but that was not the road she chose. The last 20, 20 to 23, depending on which one of them, um, years, I think, were by far the best, and it was home. And while she was probably never thrilled about, yes, I'm Sedona, she certainly loved their life there and was very happy and fulfilled and had family nearby and had everything she cared about, the Sunday school, grandchildren to teach piano to, um, little children who would visit, and she always had the cookie jar full for them. And I think it was a pretty rich, happy existence.
Lisa grew up admiring her great-grandma Sedona and always knew she'd name her daughter after her when she had one. Then she stuck with the Arizona town name theme for her son, too. We were the, the children of Larry and Lee who thought, wouldn't it be fanciful to have all L's? So Lori and Lisa and Lindsay and Lyle and the pets become Lockett and Libra and London and Lasagna and, and so on. And I thought, oh God, have a little you know, fun at your children's expense, why don't you? And then what do I do? I go Arizona town. To me, it was a no-brainer. And every time a cousin in my family would have a daughter, I would think they're going to use Sina, they're going to use Sina. None of them ever did. Uh, and I love family names. And so I couldn't wait to name her when she was small and found out that if the next child had been a girl, it would have been Greer, because then we were kind of stuck in, in you know, Arizona town world. She was indignant. I would have liked to be named Greer. Now she loves being Sedona. And even very young, three probably, when you can recognize the word even if you can't really spell things, said as we were going in, look, Mama, there's my town called me. And our Sedona is very ruffled when she meets another it, and settles her. As a Lisa, I had three in every class and every workroom I was ever in, but as a Sedona, there are not a great many. And I say, honey, their name for the town, your name for family. I said to Tom when we were going to have a boy, we could name him Prescott because we met in Prescott. Ah, the boys would call him Prissy, he says. Well, our, actually, we had our first date in Prescott. We were introduced in Winslow at a prison break. What about Winslow? They'd call him Winnie. I literally looked at a map. What about Rye? The motorcycle junkyard's in Rye. Great name. So that's how he became Rye. And then Rye, because of the family, got Rye Schnebly Heidinger. So I feel like he got the, the great grandpa, you know, the legacy. And especially since he lives in Flag, it's wonderful because he gets to cross it a lot and get a kick out of the road. Lisa Schnebly Heidinger has written 10 books, including The Journal of Sedona Schnebly, which hit bookstores in 2017. She began writing it five years ago when her daughter Sedona Lee turned 21, and Lisa realized just how much Sedona Lee had in common with her great-great-grandmother namesake. Looking at our Sedona and seeing the tremendous parallels with Sedona Schnebly, I thought, now that I can write. I get it now. I can do this now. And I did. For more on Lisa, visit ArizonaWriter.com. For more on Sedona the Town, go to VisitSedona.com. And for more stories on the meanings behind the names of the places and people of Arizona, visit us at AZNameStories.com and follow us on Instagram at AZNameStories. See you next time.